I mean, and just being for, to brutally honest, and I love your, your phrase, be authentic and, and, and try to be as authentic as I can. It is not easy. And I think any parent or, or working mom or dad that says, this, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to have a, have a call set up and I'm going to I'm going to start making my calls at eight at eight o'clock in the morning and I'm going to dial till 10 and then I'm going to make this break. Look, shit happens throughout the day that's going to throw monkey wrenches at you all the time. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. We are rolling in season two. You should agree with that. We have been on fire, lots of great conversations with uh, guys primarily, and we have been talking manhood, digging into so many topics around emotion and failure and shame and defining manhood and parenting and just so many things that most guys aren't really willing to talk about. Uh, it's scary, uh, even guy, even though guys won't admit that it's scary. Um, it, there's a lot of unknown out there. It kind of puts us into a weird and awkward position at times, and, and, and it requires us to break through layers that we have built up and society has built up for us uh, in terms of uh, how we are to converse and relate as men. And so today is another opportunity to just smash right through that wall. Uh, I was fortunate enough, as I have been so often, to uh, meet this gentleman uh, through social media. It's a great way to interact. Uh, I was introduced to Michael and we hit it off. We've had some great conversations, uh, getting, uh, having the fortune to uh, be able to talk a little bit about business and life offline. And now we get to do that on the podcast. So with that, get to welcome Michael Petalino to Authentic Conversations. What's up, dude? Ryan, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and, and go through this process with me. And uh, in social media, LinkedIn has been great. A good friend of ours, uh, John Troutman, connected us. And, you know, the synergies are definitely there. It's it's a testament of what you've, what you've done and how you built up your network and is following you on LinkedIn and you're following. It's, you know, hats off to you and all your success, man. And, I'm, and again, I'm grateful for the, uh, the opportunity here just to get to know you a little bit more and obviously your audience and go from there. Yeah, it's a good way to do it, right? I mean, you know, uh, we have had uh, at least a couple of conversations offline. A lot of times uh, when I schedule podcasts, uh, I, I know very little about my guests. And sometimes people are like, why the hell would you do that? You know, that's so risky. But I love to just have organic conversation, almost as if we were just sitting down uh, over coffee or an old fashioned or something like that. And, you know, and we were just shooting the shit. And I just feel like yeah. it is such a better way to talk. And so, um, uh, so we're going to dig right in. And uh, as I've been trying to do as often as possible with my guests throughout this season it, is kind of set the tone in this way. So if I asked you uh, for your definition of manhood or uh, what you believe it means to be a man today, what would you say? Wow. Um, it's it's kind of a loaded question in our society where we <laughs> want to tiptoe around, you know, certain 
you know, certain phrases and, and whatnot when you talk about manhood. <laughs> um, it just means just to be, you know, for me, it's it's just to be real um, and be a provider to my family. Uh, number one, I serve my God. Uh, I'm not afraid to sh- say it in this day and age. You know, I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, everything, thing, everything I have is owed to him. Um, that's the foundation that I try to lay myself uh, or put myself there and, and just be a good provider and a good friend and, and a good student in the community, you know, to serve uh, my church, uh, obviously my family, my wife, I got three beautiful kids. Uh, you know, one is six, going to be 16 on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> another one is 14 and another one is eight. So I got my hands full uh, and, you know, it's, it's just to be the best dad. I, my dad was never there for me, Ryan. I mean, he was there. Uh, I love him to death, um, but he was never there at work. He's always working. He was never home. And, I never really had a mom, so it's to provide that that parenthood structure for my kids. That's that's my first priority. Okay, so 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 that's a a fascinating point that you bring up, and I think one that uh, so many of us today struggle with. So you uh, a couple of different times when talked about when you talked about what it meant to be a man for you, you talked about providing for your family, and and yet you said that your dad really wasn't around much for you, though he was out, I'm sure, working really hard to provide for you, his family, and so how have you been able to balance that yourself? Because, uh, you know, I've shared this with the audience before, but, you know, for me, um, from 20, so I had my first daughter at 23. Uh, I was just short of my 23rd birthday. Uh, I had found some success early on. I hit my uh, first kind of stride in sales about 23, 24. Uh, and so I was making money. I was hustling yeah. hard. And I was told, like, work hard, work hard, provide for the family. Uh, we were a single income household at that time. We had a mortgage. We were driving a Mercedes and a nice SUV. And so, you know, I was, yeah. I was always working hard to quote unquote provide for my family. And so right. I get that struggle. And so, how do you, how do you, how do you balance? that because you need to go out and work hard and hustle. But part of being a provider is to provide yourself to be present for your family too. So what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, look, it's, it's a struggle. I mean, it's, it's, how do you, um, it's, it's so obviously right. You want to grind, you want to hustle. And the great thing about the profession that I'm in and obviously owning your own business and being in sales my entire life myself is that you could set your own schedule, you know, whereas my dad had a meat market. He had to be there at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. He was just at that old school mentality of if, if I'm not there, everything's going to go wrong. And then sure enough, he's pulling up to the driveway at 930 at night, mm. whereas I'm in, you know, my office, which is right here in my own home. And then I get to go see my kids, which is right down the hall. So, but at the same time, to your point, you're hustling, you're here physically, but are you there? Are you there for them mentally? And sometimes I have to keep myself in perspective because even though you're in the same house, you're still checked into work and it's like you're, you live, you're, you're in another room and they're really not there. So, and obviously with the COVID situation, you know, in, the, in remote, remote work is new to a lot of people, never new to me. I've always done it pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's that balance there that, that you have to, that you have to find it. Um, but the good thing is that I get to pick up my son from karate school. I get to go pick up my oldest son from football practice. Whereas, you know, I, if I was at a work or, or at, at a, another location, you know, I couldn't do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it has been hard and, you know, more so maybe now than ever, the lines have been great, right? I mean, for a period of time, some even still now, the kids are home, uh, the spouse is home, uh, dad's home. And so it's like, you know, this is my work time, then there will be family time, but they see you there. And so they want you to be a part of it. And so how do you intentionally, like, I, I know you talk about, and I think that that's super helpful, like, you know, picking up the kids, um, you know, from practice, but like, how do you intentionally um, uh, put time into your day, into your week, uh, in order to invest into them in that way, so you can provide more than just the financial means for them to do those things? Yeah, look, I mean, and just being brutally honest, and I love your your phrase, be authentic, and, and, and try to be as authentic as I can. It is not easy. And I think any parent or, or working mom or dad that says, this, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to have a, have a call set up and I'm going to I'm going to start making my calls at eight, at eight o'clock in the morning and I'm going to dial till 10 and then I'm going to make this break. Look, shit happens throughout the day that's going to throw monkey wrenches at you all the time. And so many people try so hard to be a perfectionist. And I get it. We all want to strive to be perfect. And all I try to do is capture excellence to, to try to run my day. I have a certain set of calls that I know I need to make. I don't dial for dollars back in the, you know, when I was in first getting in sales and, and pounding for payment for making a hundred calls a day, trying to get a number. Um, there are certain people that I'll spend, I'll take my time. I'll slow down a lot. I'll sit down. I'll say, okay, I want to meet X, Y, and Z company. I'll, I'll profile that, that, that account. And then, you know what? I've, I've done what I need to do. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to go spend some time with the family, spend some time with the wife, um, you know, have a nice little lunch or, and, and just the cool thing is being, being home together, we can do that. Mm -hmm. So that way when I'm with them, Ryan, I can basically tune out the work and then I can come back and sit down and, and focus on making the next few calls or, um, and setting the next few meetings that I have to. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I think again, right. It's, uh, intention is great. Um, and, and, and carving stuff like that out, you know, putting that into our calendars, planning for that to happen, but then it's a whole nother thing to do it. And so I love the fact that you say that, you know, shit happens and, you know, sometimes you can plan for it. Well, other times you can't, but that intentionality and then committing to it as best as possible, I think is something that is super important for us. And it's not something that we generally do well with, right? Because again, like if we're a very structured person, and again, this is especially, I think this is more so a guy thing than anything, but we're a structured person. So it's like, I live and die by my structure. That's the only thing I follow. And so there's no, um, there's no flexibility. Flexibility. Then the other side, and I don't meet as many guys like this, but I know they're out there where they just live in complete chaos. And so they're numb to everything. And so sometimes they can lose their way completely. Uh, and they're, you know, just lost in the business all day long, or they get distracted one time throughout the day by one of the kids. And so then, you know, they just, they lose, you know, the ability to go back and go to work or, you know, it can just be so chaotic. So I think knowing yourself well and finding that balance is so important. So let me ask you this. Um, so you, you said your oldest is 16. So I'm going to imagine that, uh, and, and not that you said that everything is 100% dialed in right now, but I have to imagine that it hasn't always been as smooth um, then as it is today. So 
was there a shift in mindset like or or have you just always had it figured out to the point where you kind of knew what you needed to do and always done it that way as it related to day structure investing into your family uh, that type of stuff now uh as far as you know uh, speaking of the of the children there's no they, they didn't come with an instruction manual <laughs> so uh parenting you know a newborn i tell all new parents this you know parenting you know a newborn is definitely different than parenting a 16 year old uh teenager and i tell all the dads out there who have a daughter who has that little phase of three to five you know you're their whole world i'm like cherish those moments man because you know especially now in the world of tiktok and and all this stuff it's just um you know, don't get me wrong, we have a great relationship, but, but you know, it's obviously, it has its more challenges uh, then, but, um, and the cool thing is she runs track, she does very well at that. So I make it a priority to, that I have that time, Ryan, that I can definitely pick them up um, and then get back into what I need to do. And look, I'm not gonna lie to you, sometimes, you know, when you get back, you know, you, you tend to the kids, you, you, you're, in, you're in the flow of your work, you tend to the kids, you come back, you got to finish your day and you got to finish it. Look, I'm not gonna lie. It is a struggle. And look, and sometimes brutally honest, I do check out and I have, you know, I think, uh, if I'm not here me mentally, then what am I doing? So I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up and call it a day and I'll come back and hit it twice as hard the next day. I think it's important to try to not run the rat race. I mean, what they have in Italy, for example, where, you know, my ancestors came from, it's, it's, uh, you work in the morning, you take a siesta, in the afternoon and then you kind of finish up in the afternoon it's just it's just a slower pace aside i think america's we're trying to keep up with the joneses we're trying to impress strangers at the red light that you don't even know um i think uh i like to try to just slow slow it down as much as i can yeah that's good that's good okay so uh Another challenge that I find, and in talking to a lot of the guys that I do, whether I'm coaching them or even on the podcast, one of the big challenges that we, and I say we because I have found this at many different times in my life, we struggle to find good, solid male relationships that are walking with us in the process, that are yeah. trying to hold us accountable and support us, that are trying to encourage us to be the best, but also calling us idiots when we do idiot things. Um so have you, does that exist in your life? Has that ever existed in your life? Like, what does that look like for you in terms of relationships with other men that are helping you to be the best man that you can be? Oh, no, I love the question, Ryan. That's, that's, that's definitely, a, um, I love it. So uh, short answer and in, in, in the, in the going back to when I was younger, I, in my days in school, I was never the guy that, that played sports. I was never the guy that was in all the clubs. I was kind of a loner, um, just wanted to just get through it. I wanted to go out and work. That's all I wanted to do. Didn't want to be around anybody. But as I kind of grown up in my, in my, in my faith with Christ, um, just seeing the brotherhood of being close with with good and godly men, uh, rather be at a church breakfast on a Saturday morning, um, doing service work in the community, uh, civic organization, I'm a member of a Kiwanis club here. Uh, it's local in Metairie. Uh, and just getting together in that bond there. So I've grown my sphere of having really nobody back when I was younger to having a good circle of good, strong men that I can be there, um, serve together, uh, whether it's coffee and donuts at a methadone clinic that we do um, on a Wednesday morning and just have that camaraderie and fellowship there. And so, so 
it sounds like the relationships are there. How do you put yourself uh, in front of them in a way that allows them to speak into your life as you are dealing with just that everyday challenges of life, whether it's um, mm. argument with the spouse, uh, a struggle to, in our world, we would say, be tempted to commit sin. Uh, maybe yeah. you've had a hard day at work and you're trying to figure out how to battle through that. Um, so how do you put yourself into that situation um, in, in yeah. those environments? No, I'll give you a perfect example. So back in July, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I was mentally down in the dumps. And I think anybody or any man right now in this day and age who says they haven't gone through some sort of a, a depression or not that you're always in a you're, you're like in a bad state of mind, but if hasn't gone through that, 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 that downfall is kind of lying to themselves or just being just, just leaving it, leaving it at that. But so back in July, I was having a rough time, man, mentally, you know, saw the COVID stuff, the, the, re, the re Delta coming back in and the whole thing kind of reclusing back to 2020. I would reach out and text my good friend, Warren, who's a close brother. I'm like, man, I'm struggling right now. And, um, this is where I'm at. And, you know, he's, he has a few more years of wisdom than me. So he said, just get, get in the Psalms and, and just, just read, just get back to the foundation of where we're at. And, you know, having that connection, that relationship with a good close brother, um, brother in Christ is, is just, uh, definitely helped me out. That's so good, man. You know what I love about that is, um, for people that don't, that don't know, uh, uh Christianity, don't understand it, don't follow it. Uh, this is even more foreign to them. But even inside the world of Christendom, um, th there's this really weird belief that uh, we have faith and we follow Jesus uh, in order to make life better. And the reality is, is life just freaking sucks the same sometimes. And your, you know, your encouragement to to dig into the Psalms is wonderful because there are a lot of beautiful psalms in there just celebrating the work of god uh, in the world globally uh, directly into a lot of the psalmist hearts you know uh, king david being one of them but what i love even more so often about that is there are so many psalms where david particularly is angry with god yep. i mean angry. he is you know in our in our words and, and, you know, people don't take this the wrong way, but he's literally like middle finger in the air at God cussing at him, you know, without using those specific words. Cause he's just so angry so with the way God is handling the situation or with the way that something is happening or the fact that God's not answering a prayer. And so I love that. It's so relatable. It's like, this life is not easy and it's never going to be easy. And if we don't understand the reality of things just suck sometimes, you know, and we don't have a place to go with that, we're in deep shit. Yep. You keep it all to yourself and you're so right. I mean, that's, you know, and, and there's, there's such an opportunity right now to help others that are struggling. They don't have no faith whatsoever. And that's who I pray for that, that I don't know how you get through this, this, this time without, without God, I, I just don't. And yeah. And, and reading those Psalms, man, it's like not only the anger, but the fear. And, you know, he's out there running for his life from Saul and all in a, you know, um, it's just, uh, it's just where do you go? And there's no other place to go, go, but to God. And, and even that too, it's like, okay, well, I'm praying. And like, you just try to fight through it. And, and I ask God just to give me the strength, just to give me that strength to get through the day. That's good, man. It's so good.
Okay, so what are what are where are some of the areas? And and I don't expect. I mean, you're free to go as deep as you want with this. But what are some of the areas that are harder for you? That are more difficult for you to deal with, or accept as happening emotions that you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is deep. Um, and it, it just obviously look. Every day is different, right? There. It's a, it's. I've come from a background where uh, I've kind of had to fight for my life. I had a mother who was an alcoholic, so I won't get too much into that. But you know, it, my situation was a lot better than other people. So uh, I just dealt with a lot of, a lot of verbal um, abuse at a young age, where you're always told you're never going to be good enough, or why were you born, and all that. And that's just the PG version. So. I've, I've been a survivor um, a lot you know, throughout my life. So, and then I lost my dad when he was 20 years old. So, you know, and then obviously giving my kids a life that, that I didn't have is what, which what I strive for. Um, and, and look, it's not easy. It's um, everybody's different. You don't know what people are going through. Um, that's when, when I meet people, it's what's your background, what's your story, and and, and obviously no no one really shares it. And what's sad is, we have a we have a time where the stigma, mental health, and people are scared to go tell go, go have these open conversations because they don't be judged or they're going to be feeling to be judged or oh man you got issues or I'm like no nah, man I mean it's we're all we all we all have something that that that's troublesome and how do I how do I deal with it again I just um. I try to be great at gratitude, grateful that, that I can, you know, get to go to work every day that I can, you know, I still have, how many people take for granted the ability that they could walk outside with their two feet versus being in a wheelchair or that they could see or hear. So sometimes when I think that I have it bad or I'm having a bad day, I really try to put myself back to where I'm, I'm, I could be more blessed. So that's that's about as deep as I can go for these few for that for that few minutes of question. But there's a lot more to it. So it would almost it would lead me to believe that that you, because you're doing everything you can to provide the life for your kids that you didn't get, that that becomes a serious burden and weight on your shoulders at times. Like there's just no way that that I don't see any way that that can't be the case. So is that something that you run up against rather on a regular basis or or from time to time where you're feeling like you're carrying that weight and it almost becomes like an unbearable burden to deal with? I wouldn't say unbearable. Um, You know, so for example, what what I want to try to do is, is position my kids to where, um, you know, when I lost my dad at 20, that was, that was it for my parents. Um, I, I, I want to, you know, that's why I'm into the insurance business because, you know, my dad never had life insurance and really, really didn't have nothing there. So I, I want to paint a picture to my kids. Like, look, dad's not going to be here all the time. Mom's not going to be here all the time. I need to prepare them for life. I need to prepare them for how to get out and get it on. And I'm trying, the burden somebody is on me, Ryan, is to give them the tools and the foundation to where they could be off and running the training wheels or off and they're 18, 20 years old. And at that time, I can go travel the world with the money I make. I can I can basically kind of, I built it up to where they can go live their life and, and the wife can go travel the world and just, just be together and have those. Our work is done. It's never done, don't get me wrong, but 
and I'll always be there for the kids. Um, but I tell you what, man, I think parents have done a disservice to their kids and just being brutally honest with 25 years old, still living with mom and dad, still, you know, in the basement watching Netflix and, and they're not working and mom and dad are still taking care of them. I think that is a big problem in society today. Um, I think the sport, the sport mentality is, oh, I can't see my kid go dig a ditch or I don't want to see my son be a plumber. Plumbers make a lot of money. I was never blessed with the, the ability to do physical, like carpentry work or plumbing work. God didn't wire my brain that way. I, I can't do it. I commend those who do. I appreciate those who do. But there's a lot of good blue collar work out there that that are living pretty well. But it's not look. It's 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 looked ugly upon in today's society. So I hope that kind of answered your question. Yeah. So how do you how do you see combating that? Because I, I do agree that it's definitely a challenge. I think that um, we do live in a soft society in very many ways, and we're raising kids uh, to be that way. Um, I would say, and this is somewhat of an unpopular opinion at times, but I believe it's the man's responsibility to be the leader that demonstrates something different to their kids. But do you see ways that um, whether it's as a father to children, as a leader in a business, as just a man of influence in the community, do you see there of ways that we can affect change um, in the way culture is going like that today? I think a good way is we're, these conversations we're having right here. Um, and and two guys, you're in California, I'm in Louisiana. Um just to have these conversations to dads and men, other men out there and fathers, just be bold and, 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 and speak your heart. And look, you're not going to be right all the time and there's going to be opportunities to disagree, but what's right is right. And, and, and we live in a day and age where you don't want to say anything to rub people the wrong way or, or hurt people's feelings. It's, it's not, it's not intentional, but the truth is the truth. And, yeah. and, and I think, I teach my kids in this day to, just to speak boldly and it's, it's uncomfortable at times it, it's, but you have to get out of your comfort zone and, and speak the truth. I mean, even conversations like this, I mean, some of these questions that you've asked, it's like, Whoa, okay. Um, sharing, sharing my story a little bit, you know, like, look, I, I had an issue with, with, with uh, parents when I was a kid um, and being honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's good. I mean, one of the things that I try to to teach my kids and, um, I try to live my own life by is, you know, to love people enough to speak the truth to them, but to do so in such a way that offers them a measure of grace uh, and mercy uh, and an opportunity to turn uh, from a poor decision or bad way that they have walked. And again, I think that's a balance that we don't see today. Um, we have one side of the pendulum, which is I'm going to love people so much that I'm just going to let them live their life the way that they want to, regardless of what happens. Uh, and yeah. the other side of that pendulum, as it swings, says I am going to cancel people the minute they make any kind of mistake, and I'm going to give them yeah. no opportunity to be redeemed. And what I love right there, smack dab in the middle is, you know, there's a God out there uh, that says, you know, I loved you when you were at your worst. I've held a mirror up to your face to show you just how bad you were. And at the same time, I've offered you this perfect path to be redeemed uh, and to step into a new life uh, of grace and mercy. And I think that that's something that just needs to be communicated more regularly and lived out you know, as we're in the world today. No, 100%. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at 
<clears throat> what happened in the 50s and 1950s in a nuclear family. I mean, you think about how, how wholesome and everything was, but a lot of a lot of the parents would beat their kids over the head with the Bible and say, oh, look at this. You know, you're not you, you, know, you listen to that rock and roll music. You're going to go to hell. And, and and then which led to the 60s. OK, well, guess what? By the time those kids were in college, that's when that revolution came and we're going to do what we want to do. And and that's, you know, like it's that pendulum there, man. I mean, that's it's, um, you know, there is that grace there. And like I raise my kids to where um not as strict as a lot of so-and-so Baptists would, you know, and, and I'm a Christian first, but I have followed that Baptist philosophy of, of there's a lot of strictness there. And guess what? Uh, dads are having some hard relationships with their kids in their twenties because they basically use the Bible and, and say, Hey, you know, and basically lock them in a, you know, a mental box where they can't live their life. And you got to let them, you got to let them experience some of this stuff and say, Hey, look, it's like, I'll put it to you this way. You get get a big box of chocolates, okay, and say, okay, here's a big bowl of chocolates. Go ahead and eat. First chocolate tastes good, right? We'll, we'll keep eating, keep eating, keep eating until that point to where they're so full and disgusted, and it's like that's that's what sin does for you. It tastes, it looks good. The first one, it, it may feel good, but then once you consume the bunch of it, the next, you know, a little while later, you're sick to your stomach. Yeah, my problem was is I always just went after a sin the size of a boulder uh, to start, so. <laughs> <laughs> I get halfway through it and I'd already be sick before I even finish the dang thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, we've talked a lot about this from a personal life perspective, which is so helpful for people to hear. Um, and just as we start to kind of land this conversation, I'm interested to hear how this works itself out for you then in business. So yeah. it's, I'll, I'll say easy. It's not easy to parent children. I've got a 19 and 12 year old daughter and I get it. I've been married for just over 20 years. I get it right. There's a lot of challenge there, but we get to kind of call the shots for the most part in our family. And even when you say you're in business for yourself, for the most part, you get to call your shots too, but it's still a challenge uh, to go out and be the man you desire to be in the business world. And so how do you, how do you, live your life into there in such a way that models that same behavior and commitment that you have everywhere else? Yeah. I mean, love the question. So I try to put the client first, Ryan, you know, I'm, you know, when I go out and meet with clients, new clients um, or prospects before they become a client, I basically find out what's, what's their goals. How can I help them versus, you know, look at me, um, look at me and look at the widgets that I have and look how I can make, you know, look, this, this is what I can do. So, you know, if you look at, um, there's a good marketing book called um, building a story brand. And it basically talks about the good model. I don't know if you read it, but um, there's the karate kid and, and there's Luke Skywalker, you know, and it's like, they're the heroes of the story, right? You know, the karate kid and, and they're the most vocal point. Well, the karate kid, the hero always had a guide, you know, so, you know, karate kid, uh, Miyagi and, you know, Luke Skywalker had Yoda and the guide basically made them into the superhero, you know, same thing with, with uh, Batman, Alfred, the Butler. So the, the guy, there's always a guide to the hero. So my goal is to be the guide for the client so I can make them look like the hero. Uh, myself, I try to be a, mo- I keep a modest profile, obviously in sales in the world of businesses, there's a little bit of ego involved, which, which, which was to my detriment back in the twenties as a young, as a young man growing up in, in, into the sales world and business. But Having those kids and, and, and reset as I am in my 40s, you know, very modest, I'm very, I, I just want to be a client better. 
any way I can. And that's the approach I take um, in my consulting practice when it comes to employee benefits and in the payroll space. Um, and they have another company too uh, in the construction space where I sell uh, construction equipment. Have the have that product that make them look good, and I can do that to them, Ryan. That's 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 how I I my approach to business is to my customers. That's good. That's good. Okay, so, so one final question one I have final for you. Question I have for you. Um, I should preface this, but I don't. Um, so if you were to give um, so advice, you were to give it to another man out there that's really struggling to be. Struggling to be the man that they desire to be. They're just, they're, they're talking about their struggle, really having a hard time, just, just pursuing who they want to be. What would be one word of advice that you would give to them? Um, I have to go with two words, press on. Um, just where you're at in this moment, if you're really, um, you feel like the world's going down on your shoulders, just, just, press on and get back up, um, get up and press on. And, um, there's that, that, you know, I'll, I'll close with this. There's when Sylvester Stallone came out and said, he's doing another Rocky, Rocky Balboa after I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're going to get back and ring in your, in your sixties here. But there's that famous quote in that movie when he's, when he's telling his kid, it's like, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That was one of the greatest motivational lines of a movie I've seen. And that's, but just, you know, keep moving forward. That's good, man. I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, All right. another episode in the books. I love having these conversations. I love, having these conversations. I love an opportunity to be able to just share in the lives of other men out there that never claim to have it together, but are doing everything that they can to keep it together. And so I appreciate, Michael, you taking the time to be on the podcast today. And for everybody that's listening, you know, again, um, yeah. you know, Michael's advice is um, so great. It's not about bulldozing through life, but it's about continuing to get up, knowing that that is just one wrinkle in this longstanding plan that you have to live the life you've been created for. So wonderful advice. I love it so much. So Michael, thanks so much, man. I appreciate the time today. Ryan, thank you. That was awesome. God bless. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that wraps right, up another well, episode of Authentic Conversations. Of as always, if you have any questions, always, concerns, questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me. In the meantime, be you, be happy, be, happy. be authentic. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.